A very warm welcome to the Change Conversations podcast, where we help individuals to reignite the spark to look at their lives and careers with a different lens. Our interactions interrogate different individuals of all backgrounds who seek to be equipped for change in their careers and personal goals. I am your host, Mbubengubetaga, and I look forward to bringing you impactful change conversations. Hi, everybody. I'm glad to be back. Um, today, we've got somebody quite exciting, somebody from Mauritius. Guys, I'm going global. I've got somebody from Mauritius. It's kind of cool. Um, but anyway, before we even she introduces herself, I just want to say thank you for those that are following us. And if you're finding us for the first time, please make sure that you subscribe, um, you share, you comment. And, and rate us, like let us know what you think and give us some feedback. Um, so yeah, um, I'm glad we are here again and we're grateful for life. Um, and yeah, I think that's how I'm feeling today. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all distracted because I've had such a rushed morning, but so is life and we keep this authentic and we are good. So I've got Vanessa. Vanessa is going to introduce herself because people introduce themselves in this platform. Vanessa, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just a little correction. I'm actually from Zimbabwe. I just live in Mauritius. Oh, is it? But I yeah. just love the fact that you're in Mauritius. I think that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is cool. I, I literally went to an island to just see the, out, the other side of the world like you know you just need to go on an island once in your life and just realize how different it is from the rest of the world so and then so when did you get to Mauritius um this year like a few months ago so I was raised in a family of oh I, I like to say travel bunnies like we would just hop from one place to hop, hop to the next place so my parents used to travel around the world, like in so many different places. I wanted to be like that. I was like, oh, wow, I want to see the world like they do. So when I got older, I went to Asia, I went to Europe, and then I lived in America for a bit, and then I went to Mauritius. So I've been global in a sense. <laughs> oh, wow. You're a nomad. That's, that's, that's kind of cool. It's a cool thing yeah, to yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, I'm a nomad, a bit of nomadic lifestyle. Yeah, no, I, I think that's exciting. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so basically I was born and raised in Zimbabwe. I went to top-notch schools. I like I had gone to like about, sometimes I forget the number, but by the time I left high school, I'd been to roughly seven to eight schools. So that's sort of like when the, the dear nomad thing started. Like, I, I can't even remember. I have to literally count on my fingers to say, oh, how many schools I go to? <laughs> but roughly it's around that. So, you know, um, I went to a lot of private schools. And my private, the private schools were like, you know, the American class private schools, so competitive. Like, you had to be in one group. It was either you were an athlete or you were, you know, an artist or you were, you know, a student or studious, right? And I fit none of those boxes, no matter how much I tried. I did not fit the athlete box. <laughs> I did not fit the creative box. I did not fit the studious box. I was terrible at school, like awful. And, you know, it took me a while. Then I went to high school 
And when I was 13, I started writing. Like, because honestly, I was at a boarding school and there was nothing to do. So whenever I talk about the journey, it was not like I had this revelation of, oh, I'm going to be a writer. No, I was bored. And I was like, I might as well write stories. And that sort of like became this journey of discovering who I was. You know, at 13, so I like to consider myself as a late bloomer. Of course, when I talk to other people who are older than me, they're like, oh, well, you're not a late bloomer. But, you know, I guess for where I was in life, it felt like I was later to the the actual um, destination compared to my siblings who knew who they wanted to do, what they wanted to be when mm. they were younger. Like, I mean, imagine growing up in a family of, of people who are good at sports, who are good at school and who are artistic and it just comes naturally to them and then Mm -hmm. so you know so when I got that um I was like oh yeah there's something I can do that no one else can do you know I jumped for the stars and you know school is still difficult I still struggled with school and then I graduated oh my gosh thank god because I honestly thought I was gonna drop out and maybe do a band you know even though at that time I couldn't sing but I I I thought oh I could just be a traveling musician you know, that's the idea that came from my mind. But I graduated and then I went to Malaysia and I stayed there for two years. And then I came back home and then I went to Europe and I stayed there for a bit. And then I actually stayed in Cape Town for six months. You know, so it was a journey. And when between me going from um, Asia to Switzerland, I discovered I had ADHD. And that was sort of like, the next step for me because I realized that all the reasons why I struggled with so many things in my life was because I have ADHD. And at that moment, I was like, okay, my life is going to magically work. Everything's just going to sink. I'll tell you the truth. It did not happen like that. There were days I would look, look at the ceiling. I'm like, okay, I've got ADHD. Like, you know, like there were bells ringing in my head. Like, okay, how am I going to fix this? What am I going to do? So I had to do a lot of research. I had to watch a lot of YouTube videos. I had to figure out how to actually navigate ADHD without medication because I didn't want the medication. I did go on the medication for a bit. I didn't like how I felt because I felt like a zombie and I didn't like that. So, you know, I was like, okay, how do I deal with it without it? So it took a while. And then while I was processing this, I realized that, hey, now that I've found this out, I can't go back to nine to five because I now understand why I hate nine to fives. You know, I now understand why Things that don't tickle my fancy almost feels like I'm being pushed through like, uh, I don't know how, okay, like quicksand, almost like I'm being pushed through quicksand. So that was sort of like the imagery I got. And then I was like, in 2017, I wrote a book and that's sort of like how I found my purpose. And along that, funny thing is because if you speak to a lot of people with ADHD, we are huge procrastinators. We procrastinate until the sky you know, comes down and yeah. So, so let me let me catch you right there. Let me catch okay. You. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Um wow, it seems like a lot. And and <laughs> it's it's like a lot to take in. And I'm just yeah. like, oh my God. Um but but a, a very having to discover that when you you were uh, quite young about yourself and realizing how different you weigh. I think it, it's it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I think the focus on, so maybe let's start defining things before we get into the detail. Because okay. today we want, we want to talk about how do you deal with 
procrastination, right? And even worse when you've got ADHD. So what does that mean? Um, so let's start. Let's start by defining what um, procrastination is, and 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 how does how how does that show up? Um, okay. So the way I define it is procrastination basically is um, it's like overthinking things before you actually take the action to do it. That's sort of like how I describe it. And one of the, the show tell signs of it is, oh well, I don't feel like it today. I'll do it tomorrow. Or I don't have the knowledge, or I'm not qualified yet, or I don't have all the tools or the resources. You know, there's not enough time in the day. So they, there's so many things that pop up in our head when it comes to procrastination, and it differs from person to person. Like some people will come up with excuses. Some people, it is more to do with, like maybe they don't feel like they fit into the mold of what they should be doing at that particular juncture. Mm. So it shows up differently. And I think when you are, especially a creative person, you are a huge procrastinator. So, you know, with us creatives, we tend to look at the screen and it's almost like blink, 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 while the, the cursor is blinking on the screen. Like we will sit there for 30 minutes just looking at the screen saying, okay, what thing? should I do it? And our procrastination isn't like, it's not like a short blip. It's like a long, lengthy period where we will look at nothing and try to figure out if I should do this. And then eventually, after the 30 minutes or the 45 minutes, depending on the person, we're like, oh, well, you know, it's too late now. I can't do it. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's how I sort of like describe it and how it shows up. Wow. But, and, but a lot of us procrastinate just in life for different reasons. Um, yeah. But I think, I think as you're saying, um, it differs from every individual depending on, I don't know, how they think and all sorts of other things. But yeah. but a lot of us procrastinate and it's just one of those things that I just like, yeah, there's still a tomorrow. I can do that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and then tomorrow comes and like, but yeah, it's not that urgent. I can do it. <laughs> and, and a month later, you're like, Oh my God! What happened? Or a week later, and and you haven't done what you you were supposed to do, and 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 talk to me a little bit about ADHD, and then we'll kind of bring we'll bring the topic back into into flow. All right, cool. Um, you know it's interesting. I like a few weeks ago there was someone wanted to talk about um ADHD, and I literally had like a moment when I was like, wait a minute, what does attention deficit mean again? Like I couldn't even think about what each of the words meant and I know it's head by head because I always read about it but then at that moment I was like I don't know what it means <laughs> and then I remember so ADHD is basically um stands for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder so they different these three types right you could have inactive ADHD or you could have the hyper or you could have the mixed bag so I'm basically the mixed bag where I've got the hyperactive part but I'm also inactive as well. My hyperactiveness comes in my mind. My mind is very fast. Rather than I'm not jumping from place to place like most people like, you know. But you find people with ADHD like that. So it also is different like with people. For some people with ADHD, there are, they've got severe ADHD where they struggle to do day-to-day things, they are huge procrastinators, they've got brain fog, they, you know, some of them have borderline depression, 
And then they've got the really extreme cases where they, it's ADHD, but they've got other things as well, like dyslexia, or they'll have um, OCD, or they'll have, for those who people don't know it, basically also OCD is compulsive disorder, over-compulsive disorder. Like it's sort of like when you need things to be aligned in a certain way. Like you find um, most people who've got OCD who don't like germs and they walk around with gloves or, you know, one speck of dust, you know, makes them shriek, right? So it's, it's very different for different people. Like for me, I've got sort of like, mine is a mixture, so it can be severe and it can be fine. There'll be days where I'll have a great day. There'll be days where my ADHD is a little bit, um, what can I say, where it's extreme, where I'll have brain fog, where I'll get tired, where overstimulation makes me sick. Like for certain people with ADHD, loud sounds, loud noises, things that are too bright, things that are maybe a little too much for their um, sensations can be a nail in their brain. Like for me, I can't go to the club because it's a little too much. You have to walk and then there's music. I mean, I can't do, you know, both things at the same time. So it feels like I am literally, I, it's hard for me to describe, but I'm sort of like painting a picture of what ADHD looks like. So it, it differs from person to person. Oh, wow. And, and when were you diagnosed? Like, what, how did you get to the point of diagnosis? Um, I got diagnosed when I was 23. Like, school was hard for me, but university was challenging because there was no one to wake me up. So what would happen was I'd be sometimes I would oversleep. So I would set my alarm, and I would set not just one alarm, like six alarms, and I wouldn't hear it. So mm-hmm. I would go to class like an hour later. And if I woke up too late, I would feel sick because I have to sleep for a certain period of time so that my brain doesn't feel foggy. So if I sleep for eight to 10 hours, I feel sick all day. I can survive on six hours, but if I, but if I sleep for only an hour to two hours, I'm sick. Like I, I, I struggle to focus. I struggle to, I know there's some people who can do that and they manage. For me, I can't. Like, you know, my day becomes a lot harder for me to navigate. So mm. when I went to university, I then realized, okay, there's something wrong. Um, everything is harder for me here. You know, I'm struggling. School was easier because university, well, this university I went to, they sort of like spoon-fed it was. They were like, oh, this is what's coming in the exam. Just read this. So <laughs> it was easy for me because I didn't have to read like, you know, a lot of books or pages, you know, for me to pass. But my health was not really the best because my ADHD wasn't being dealt with. So that sort of like led me to figure out what was going on. And that's when I discovered that, oh, wait, I've got ADHD. Wow, wow, wow. Um, but now you know, and now you're dealing with it. And, yeah. and so talk to us now. Let's bring our conversation back into the procrastinating part of it. Because you're yeah. saying um, that creatives, you find that creatives might be the hugest procrastinators. That's the one part. And the element of saying when you've got ADHD yeah. as well, over and above that, then it really becomes, um, it becomes a nightmare. Um, so, so what tips can you give to people um, 
that that have to deal with 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 procrastinating. Oh yeah, sure. I've got a few of them. Um, I think one of the biggest um solutions for me and was a game changer was I discovered why I was doing it. Before my narrative was I had to do this, I had to do this, and often we don't want to do things that feel like it's bored. This is why doing chores at the house is is so difficult because we're thinking of it as something that is a must, right? But if you're realizing the why and you put that with passion and purpose, you're more ready to do it. So when I changed that, oh, I have to do this to, oh, I would love to do this. I want to do this. Everything changed for me. And that made everything so much easier. So that's the one thing I tell people, like find your purpose, find your why, find the reason why you're doing something. Because when you find that reason, it will really put you into high gear and motivate you without actually you needing anyone to push you and say, oh, go in this direction. Another thing I would say is do it now. Like a, a lot of the reasons with procrastination is because we're always thinking, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. And when you get into that mindset, you're going to keep pushing it tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I'll give you an example. I started a YouTube channel in 2020 and I would post a video. And because it was such a chore, like filming videos, I mean, you know how it is with YouTube. It's such, it's like, you got to film, you got to know what to say, you got to edit. It's, it's so much work. But when I saw the passion, right? And I saw the purpose and I saw the reasoning and I just did it then. Like I stopped giving myself excuses of tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I was like, okay, you know what? I need to film a YouTube video. Let me do it. And this year I filmed more videos than I've done in the last two years that I set up my YouTube video because I changed, you know, how I saw it. I was like, okay, if tomorrow comes, I won't do it. I need to just do it now. And I would keep telling myself over and over and over again. Another thing you also need to, you know, like one of the tips and tricks is why are you procrastinating? There's always a reason why we procrastinate. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm just procrastinating. No, no, no. Human beings all have reasons why we do things. Mm-hmm. And when you figure mm-hmm. out the reason why you're procrastinating, it's so much easier for you to stop procrastinating. One of the things that um, for me that used to be like a big reason why I was procrastinating was I, there was failure, right? Rejection. I didn't want to go through that. I didn't want to go through the process of rejection and failure and feeling like something was being taken away from me. Another example, I'm a writer, right? I write mm-hmm. nonfiction and I write fantasy books. And it was easier for me to take my fantasy, my nonfiction books and publish them compared to my fantasy books because the nonfiction one, I was like, oh, well, you know, this is not something I've been working on since I was 13. Whereas with the fantasy, it was so much harder. And this year, when I figured out the reason why I didn't edit my book and, you know, why I didn't go through the next process of setting it off to better readers, and I was like, okay, wait, you're worried that people might not like it and that might take away the fact that you're not a good writer. And when I realized that, I was like, wow, it was like, you know, eureka moment. I was like, okay, now the only thing that can happen from this is I get better because voiding criticism doesn't take away the fact that you're going to have to get it done. And you're always mm-hmm. going to wonder what if. And that's the reason why a lot of people procrastinate. That fear of criticism, fear of failure, fear, fear of rejection, fear of not being good enough, fear of not being visible or seen or understood. And when you gear yourself towards a different direction, say, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? That's another a pivot I want people to make. What's the worst thing that can happen if you choose not to procrastinate? And I'll be honest with you, absolutely nothing. 
Because when you choose not to procrastinate, you will get rewards instead of negative um, effects from it. Because the reason why you procrastinate is your brain is trying to protect you from all those things, those reasons, right? But those reasons don't really exist. One of the things I always tell people to take away with, you know, fear of fake events appearing real. So sometimes your biggest fear actually is just a manifestation of your brain going to hyperdrive. And when you take that away and you're like, okay, you know, if I remove the, the procrastination, these are the benefits I'll get. I started podcasting like a few months ago and I was afraid that I wouldn't be a great guest on a podcast or no one would take me seriously because I've never been on a podcast. But I chose to ignore that and I was like, if I go for this, only great things will happen afterwards. So, I mean, those are the few tips and tricks that I tell people. And usually those are things that are going to truly snap you out of procrastination. Thanks for sharing those. And I really agree with you. I think fear um, is one thing that holds a lot of us back. And Mm -hmm. and we, we, yeah, our minds. And I always say to people, so what if you fail? Reality is that the sun will still shine the following day. You'll still be alive. You're not going to die because you failed. Um, But somehow our brains really go into like this panic. And as you say, it's protecting us either from rejection and all these other things. Um, And sometimes we need to look at it as, um, as you were saying, so what if I succeed? Because there's that side of the coin. What if I yeah. get it right? What if I succeed? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And I, because for me, that's another thing that um, we we get to procrastinate because we want things to be perfect. And yeah. for me, perfectionism doesn't work. I'm just like, I want to have a standard. And if I meet that standard, I am okay. Rather I start than yeah. not start because if I don't start, then... I'll never get to do what I'm really wanting to do. Yeah, that's so true. And better is always than done. Um, one of the people I follow, he always talks about that on YouTube. He's like, better is, you know, it's better with done, right? Done is better than perfection. Mm-hmm. Because often when you strive for perfection, like you said, it's never going to happen because human beings are not perfect. We're flawed. And one of the things that I always say is, you know, when you do something, it trains you to become better. And the more you do it, the better you become at it. It becomes like training ground. So yeah, you look at, you know, the, the first thing you do, like let's say you're writing a book and your first book is not the best, but your fourth or your fifth book will become a bestseller. But if you're always saying, oh, I want, you know, my book out of the gate to be a bestseller, you know, the truth is there are very few people who've got that. Most people have to go and train themselves to become better and better and better. And eventually they get there. I mean, look at your favorite actor, actress. I remember watching a movie of Tom Cruise years back. It was in the 1980s. And I knew mm. who Tom Cruise was, but I had never watched his first movie. And oh my gosh, it was the worst movie I ever watched. Even today, I remember it. And I was not born in the 1980s. I was like, I watched it when, I think when I was a teenager, because I was like, oh, you know, I like Tom Cruise. And then I couldn't, it was so bad. The visuals were bad. Mm. The acting was bad. I'm like, oh my word. And and even how Tom Cruise looked, was like, okay, this is very different from who he looks now. But look at him now. He's one of the top A-listers in Hollywood. You know, even look at your favorite authors, your favorite entrepreneurs. They start from scratch. Even your favorite YouTubers, if you scroll back, 
the the dog pit that's YouTube and you go you know at the last video and you would be shocked at how bad that person was compared to their 350th YouTube video. So yeah. you always gonna remember it's better to take your steps now than to keep waiting for perfection because you're never gonna reach then you're never gonna achieve your goals if you're always waiting for perfect. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you. So for me, I think the fear, the fear element is very, is, is, is very critical. Like find yourself to get over the fear and just start because yeah. the starting, it really gives you a bit of momentum to, 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 to work on something as well as overthinking um, what, what, what I would call paralysis analysis. Um, and this happens a lot in the workplace where yeah. we overthink things, we don't want to do stuff, there's, because you don't want to make a decision. And it's like, but what if it's the wrong decision? And you get yourself in this spiral. And, and sometimes it, and the bottom line is, you can only make a decision based on the facts that you've been given. And, and 90% of the time, you, do, you might not have all the facts. Um, and but whatever facts that you have, that's what you've got, and you need to make decisions based on that. And and yeah, and then you just find people really not um, making decisions, procrastinating, and and feeling all sorts just because they they they, they are over analyzing, and that on its own becomes becomes a a holding factor. That said, though. Were there any tips that other people gave you that didn't work for you? Um, yeah. Uh, people would say to me that, you know, do the whole to-do list thing. That was one of the things. And I'm not the best with to-do lists. I, I, I usually call them my priority list because when I do a to-do list, like I'll have like 20 things on my to-do list. And I obviously, there's not enough time for you to do all 20 of those things. Because yeah. I'm a person who likes to, like, I go wild sometimes with my thought processes. So they're like, oh, okay, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do that. And then before the end of the day, I haven't done even half of those things, <laughs> but I've only done three. So now I have something called different from to-do list. It's a priority list. Like the things that you need to do from mid, from high to mid to low. So that's how I sort of like changed it around. And another thing that, um, that I was told is you know listen to what was the other one listen to a lot of motivation stuff to get you into the whole you know like beating procrastination and I used to be a huge buff in the whole mode and I'm not saying it's a bad thing but I think sometimes you can overdo it because you can listen to someone like get it done get it done and you still don't do anything like it motivates you for a good 30 minutes but it doesn't actually give you any actionable steps <laughs> so you know, that was another thing for me. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm fired. I'm up. I'm, I'm ready. I'm inspired. And then an hour later, I'm like, wait a minute. Eh, tomorrow. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I, was, I was inspired for an hour. <laughs> that was literally it. And I think the third one was, um, you know, like do journal. Like they said, journal to get your mind going. And, and I've tried journaling and I, I can't journal. I am more of a creative type. I like to write stories rather than writing how my day went. I mean, for me, that's something I do once in a while, but it's just not something that comes naturally to me. And I, I think those are the three things that I was told to do. Um, also, yes, 
this is a big one that I was always told, write things down. Like, because I've got ADHD and I forget things, everyone would be like, oh, you got to write down things down in a sticky note and all that kind of stuff. And I've, I've had lots of books. I've got like 10, 12 books, right? And usually those books are like, I'll write words. And I would write this, like, I started doing this from 2014, I think 2014 up to 2018. And I'll tell you now, those books are full of words, but I haven't picked up one ever since then. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible person when it comes to just writing things down because either I'll forget about it, I'll not be interested, out of mind, out of sight, or three, I'll completely, you know, like it just doesn't seem necessary. I'll write it and then I'll just misplace the book, you know. So that never really worked for me, you know. So, yeah, yeah my thing wow. is, more, yeah. So I'm more of a do it now kind of person than write it on sticky notes. <laughs> so, it's fascinating how as human beings we're all just different, right? And yeah. and I think the biggest point in what you're saying is finding things that work for you, you know? It, it's usually easy yeah. for people to just tell you, you need to do one, two, three. And then you try and you're like, but it doesn't work for me. Like, it's okay. I've tried it, but it doesn't work for me. So So yeah. I'm a bit different with you. As I'm getting older the to-do lists are making sense for me. Um, oh, yeah. and, and But what I appreciate about them is when I have to go scratch, like I've done this, I've done this. There's a sense of achievement that comes with that. And there's yeah. the excitement of, okay, it's done, now it's off, it's done, it's off. So I think yeah. that's the one part. But I love the priority list part because you focus on what you have classified as important and it needs to be done and you that part and I like how you 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 changed it for yourself from a to-do list to a priority list I think that works quite nicely and the motivation part I, I, I always thought that you definitely do get inspired for the 30 minutes or whatever that you've been listening and and maybe you might pick up one thing that will stay with you but does it does it really push you out of your bed every morning because whoever whoever said something? I don't think so. So yeah. I share that with you because <laughs> I'm just like, no, I'm not going to be woken up about what whoever said, and now I'm right, like I'm inspired every day because of that. I think right. I think that sometimes does it doesn't work. Yeah, and I think you know we all need motivation here and there, but. I think sometimes with when it comes to this whole motivational speeches and all that, it's it's there for the moment. It's there to tinkle your fancy. It's like, you know, your favorite cake on a on a on a maybe a cold day, you know? Like that nice chocolate cake. You enjoy it and you indulge in it. And then once it's finished, you're like, Oh, that was great. But then an hour later you forget about that cake. Like it's mm-hmm. there one second and then the next you're like, it's it's no longer important. And I think that's the thing with motivational speeches. For me, like, I'll tell you, there was a time, like a year, where I would listen to a motivational speech every day. Mm. And that was, out of the three, four years I've been in business, that was the least productive year <laughs> out of all those years. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Because I was focusing more on being inspired rather than actually coming with a game plan. And I think that's the thing with a lot of people who listen to that. Yeah. They're inspired, but there's no game plan. Like, uh, like you said, you're inspired for 30 minutes to an hour, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's just not going to get you out of the bed. So, 
you know, it all comes down to you. You need to find out what gets you out of the bed. For people, it's different. Some people, it's all about making an impact. For other people, it's financial freedom. For other people, it's spiritual freedom. For other people, it's more of, you know, a global freedom where they can go wherever they want, no constraints. For other people, it's basically just having more family time. Or, like, you just have to figure out what is the reason you're getting up. And when that is the biggest motivator. And that is the biggest reason why you get out of procrastination. Because when you figure out what your motivator is to get out of your bed, that's a game changer. Yeah. No, I fully agree. And, and I love the journaling conversation. Um, because, so I've created a journal. And, and it's a journal that focuses on, on your career. But in that journal, I actually tell a story that I was bad with journaling. And I, I still don't think I'm great. But I had to come to a point of, of asking myself questions so that then I'm able to answer that question and then journal about whatever the, the situation was. So I'll ask myself, how was my day? What am I grateful for? that time then then I will then I'll journal about that but just give me a blank page and tell me to journal I'm like about what like why (laughs) so I was one of those people so with creating the journal for me it's about asking people and now because I'm coaching and coaching is very hinged on asking people questions and Mm -hmm. getting people to reflect and think and sometimes you might not have an answer but it sits with you and you keep reflecting and then you, things start coming. And that for me, that's where the journaling has actually played a huge role in my life. But before I would look at the page and just go, oh yeah, like, yeah, I've got no idea what I'm supposed to write about. And just, and I'm not a great, I've never believed I'm a great writer. Um, so yeah, that for me has always been a difficult thing to do. You know, it's interesting. When I was in university, we had, um, a self-reflection class mm. and you had to get an A in it or else you would fail the whole year like it wow. was a very important class and I remember my lecturer coming out he's, he's deceased now but he said that you know self-reflection is so important for your life and all of us just rolled our eyes like oh but you know the funny thing is as I was doing that you know I had to get into this habit of self-reflection so even though I don't journal I do a lot of self-reflection, but it's all in my mind. Like, I'll mm. think about something, a problem, over and over and over and over and over again. I won't write about it, because if I write about it, I'll forget. But for me, it's, it's just something I constantly will be thinking about. So, yeah, some people can, you know, do the whole, like you said, you have to create a way where people can journal, and it's more natural compared to just giving them a book and say journal, because not everyone has that insane, well, not saying instinct to to write and just write. I've got a friend who has got books where she just journals. And you look at the book and you can't make heads or tail what she's talking about because there'll be something there, there'll be something there. But that's how she manages to reflect because everyone, like you said, everyone is different. So you got to find how journaling works for you because I think the most important thing about journaling is the reflection part because not a lot of people yes so when you figure out how to do the whole self-reflection that will change your life because then you realize wait why I was upset I'll I'll give you an example I always I'm a big proponent of giving examples because then people can relate so you know years back I used to 
I had a bad temper. I'd get angry at like at the smallest thing. And then when I did the self-reflection thing, I had to figure out why. Why did I, why was I upset with my friend? What did she say that made me upset? How can mm-hmm. I understand from her point of view? And then I started doing critical thinking because we also had to learn critical thinking. And then I had to realize, I was like, wait a minute, was I in the wrong here? How can I better manage my emotions? And the hardest thing to say is I'm sorry. Mm. It's one of the hardest things. But it's one of the biggest, um, it's so important for any healthy relationship or even in general your, you know, your life or how you navigate life. So, yeah, my whole point is reflection is so important in so many ways in your career, in your life, in navigating things. You become more successful when you actually incorporate it because you realize the reasons why you didn't do A, B, and C, the reasons why you acted like A, B, and C, the reasons why this didn't work out, or, you know, just generally what you go through in life, it will just make, save you so much time and energy and heartache. I, I love that. And, and, and the reflecting part is, is, is big um, for me as well, just being able to ask yourself those questions. And, and even if you're not a journaling, journaling person, but if you if you take moments to reflect, why am I feeling this way? Why am I procrastinating? Why am I not wanting to do this? And finding ways to answer that and being honest with yourself and not just coming up with answers just to make yourself feel good. Really being honest with yourself becomes the biggest thing. And and it's one of the things that I'm, I'm loving with some of the business schools and now that actually have a reflective, so students at the end of either their MBA or maybe one of their degrees, they also have to submit a reflection journal because wow. it's, part, it's part of the learning. And it, it's saying, who were you before you started this course? And now that you've walked this journey, who are you at the end of the journey? And what are the things that have happened that have either changed your perspective, they've changed who you are, and now you're looking at things differently? And how have you grown? Because now you're mapping your actual growth and what has happened. So the reflection part, I think, I think it's a great tip for, for anybody. And mainly if you're procrastinating, why? Where does that come from? Who would you be if you were to embrace procrastinating? Because that's the biggest question for me. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that um, I learned last year and this year is if you're not growing, you're dying. You know, as human beings, we generally need to grow every day. You need to become different from who you were a year ago. Maybe it's in the way you deal with your relationships. Maybe it's the way you navigate life. Maybe it's in the way you look at your work-life balance. But there has to be something that changes right whether you learn more whether you grow more whether you incorporate more passive income i'm a big proponent of you know building income streams but whatever it is right you need to constantly grow and constantly learn because when you do that you'll be amazed like there are people who are in the teen years who incorporated this and now when you look at them these people are millionaires right there are people in their 20s who did this and now they're also millionaires so this is so important because wherever you go in life, you're going to need this lesson, right? Like you said, you're going to need it. It's so, it's so critical. Yeah, I know it is. Definitely. This has been a very interesting conversation. Um, 
Uh, people w- might not see that we've had technical boo-boos along the way, <laughs> but it's been fun, and I like to keep it that way. Um, but yeah, so what are the three things that you'd like to, for somebody to take out of our conversation today? Um, okay, so the three things is, you know, whatever you think of yourself, those are basically just lies. You know, if you think you're not good enough, if you think you are not ready yet, those are just lies. Your brain is just trying to protect you. That's the first thing. The second thing is whatever you're afraid of, you know, make sure that you realize that that's just your brain manifesting something that would never come to pass. And the third thing is when you go after your goals or, you know, your task, whatever you want in life. It's only uphill from there. Sure, you've gone through obstacles because life has obstacles, right? But you will learn so much, you'll grow so much, and you experience more than you ever thought was possible because you chose not to allow procrastination to limit you because that's what it is. It's just a limitation on you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, those are good ones. Uh, Even if anybody would just hear those three things and they don't have to listen, they didn't listen to the rest of the other the other 98% of, of our conversation. I yeah, think yeah. that will, will 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 mean something to anybody. So where can people find you on, on social media, Vanessa? Um okay, so they can find me. My handle is Vanessa Gora, G-O-W-O-R-A. I know people spell Vanessa differently depending on where you know the country you're in. So <laughs> Vanessa is V-A-N-E-S-S-A. So it's it's doesn't have two ends. So yeah. It's just got two S's at the end. Okay. So on, are you on different um, media platforms? Um, yeah, I've also got a YouTube channel. Um, you can find all my stuff on my website. It's very comprehensive. It features my YouTube channel. It's got my books. It's got also my Twitter handle and other stuff. So um, my website URL is vanessagora.com. So you can find me there okay. as well. Okay. Thank you. I have to say thank you very much for um, for this conversation. I think what I'm loving with what I'm doing with my life is just meeting people from all over the globe. And, and that for me is, is the biggest thing. So for anybody who's just watched us, please um, comment, um, share, and and really give us some feedback of, of what you're thinking about our change conversations. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time in our next episode. Thank you for listening to Change Conversations. If you enjoyed our show and you would like to help support the podcast, Please share it with others and kindly post about it on your social media platforms. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Change Conversations with Mbume. I am Mbume Mbedaga signing out and I will see you again next week.